Donald Cerrone and his friend were cave diving in Cozumel, Mexico, and they experienced something straight out of every cave diver's nightmares. Lost in the abyss and left by a friend after ignoring the warnings of a loved one. But this story doesn't appear to be at all what it seems. I'm Tatiana, and this is Occurrence. So Donald and Joe, which is a fake name I've given, the real name of the other diver wasn't revealed. But they're in Mexico doing a multi-day diving trip. The first three days of the trip, they explored shipwrecks and coral reefs with a few other friends. Things were going great and it was a fun time, but Donald and Joe planned a separate dive. It was a more serious expedition, but it would only be between the two of them. In Caleta, in the old south harbor of Cozumel, there was a pond. On the surface, it looked like your average pond. It was easy to access, it wasn't blocked off, and there were no signs indicating restrictions or regulations for cave divers. But to those who were in the know, they knew there was more to that pond than meets the eye. It was a natural sinkhole that formed when limestone in the ground collapsed and exposed the groundwater underneath. In fact, the cave they wanted to explore was called Erlito Cave. So on August 17th, 2018, a few days into the trip, Donald gave his hugs and kisses to his wife and new baby before he left for the cave dive with Joe. But his wife had a bad feeling that morning, and she told him she didn't feel comfortable with him diving alone with Joe. You see, Donald was newer to cave diving, and Joe was his mentor. But over the years, Joe had been aging, and while he was mentally sharp and still a quick thinker, his body just couldn't keep up. Joe's motor skills were in decline, and while Donald's wife didn't mind them diving together with others around, she wasn't comfortable with them cave diving together alone. But Donald mostly brushes her off. He told her, it's fine, I always come home, I'll bring an extra cylinder of air if you're really that nervous about it. So now he had three cylinders of air instead of two. And normally in cave diving, you dive in thirds, meaning you use a third of your air going into the cave, a third coming out, and you have a third in reserve in case something unforeseen happens. So Donald and Joe go to Aralito Cave, and they enter the unsuspecting pond from the surface. They're about 30 to 40 minutes into the dive, and they reach a point where they need to transition from one line to another. And there are different kinds of lines in cave diving. It's incredibly dark, and while you have your light on you to see, and a few backup lights if you follow the rules, it's a cave underwater, and your light doesn't do a whole lot as far as helping you see the entirety of the cave you're in, especially depending on the size of the cave and what type of light you're using. So without certain lines, divers would get lost and not be able to find their way out. There are main lines, and they're permanently installed in the cave system, so divers don't need to reinstall these extensive lines every time they enter an already mapped cave. Sometimes they're right at the cave entrance or exit, and sometimes they're further down to prevent recreational divers or people without the proper training from entering the cave. And the main lines aren't all connected, so divers have to bring reels with them to connect from one main line to the next, and those are called jump lines. The jump lines are removed by divers as they leave the cave so the line system doesn't become congested and complicated. So the pair are switching lines, and Joe hangs his light around his neck so his hands are free and went to tie off his buoyancy device, but it shot off and went up to the cave ceiling. That device is something that fills with air to increase or decrease your buoyancy in the water. 
But when that happened, Joe kicked his feet since he got kind of spun around, and this caused the line to wrap around him. Donald saw what was happening and swam over to help, but Joe started panicking. Joe's frantic motions caused silt and sediment to be disturbed enough to start coming off the surrounding walls and fill the area until there was zero visibility. If you've ever driven through fog so thick you can't even see the hood of your car in front of you and your headlights are literally useless, that's kind of what this is like. Silted out caves and panic divers are very dangerous alone, but with both of those things happening at the same time, Donald's safety was now at risk. So Donald backed up a bit just to get clear of the silt to see and to get away from Joe flailing on the line so he wouldn't get caught himself. But as he sat there trying to figure out what to do, he was torn. According to Donald, it's kind of an every-man-for-himself situation. If your partner is panicking and poses a threat to you, there's no reason for two people to die if one can still make it out and you should leave your partner and save yourself. So he looks from the silted cloud Joe was trapped in to the cave exit and is at war with himself. Should he leave Joe and save himself? I mean, the exit is right there and he would be guaranteed to make it out alive. Or should he risk his life to help his mentor? The same mentor that Donald knew would die without his help. But when he looks back towards the cloud of silt, he couldn't see Joe's light anymore, and the only thing he could think of was how he hoped Joe didn't drop his mouthpiece too and wasn't drowning just feet away from him. But Donald decided to break one of his unspoken rules and went into the silt to save Joe. Immediately after going back into the silt, he lost all sense of direction. He didn't know where anything was and started panicking himself. His breathing sped up and he started looking around rapidly because he had never been more scared in his entire life. And then his head smacked the ceiling of the cave and that surprising and painful sensation was the shock he needed to bring him back to his senses. It gave him a quick second to remind himself to slow his breathing down before he blew through his air supply. He checked his dive watch to see the depth and time, and then the two pressure gauges on his cylinders and knew he had a third completely full in two. He tried to feel around and find Joe, but he was nowhere to be found. At this point, he calmed down enough to try and problem solve and figure out where he was. He started moving his hands along to the cave wall to figure out where he was, but the channel they were in was one they were on their way to explore, so it was completely unfamiliar to him. Then he checked his compass because he remembered when he entered the cave from the first jump, it was about 126 degrees. But this is a cave and all the tunnels and turns meant that Donald could technically be facing the right direction, but if he wasn't in the right section of the cave, it wouldn't matter. But he felt he had no other choice, so he tried swimming in the direction his compass indicated and he hit a wall. So he tried to go around it, but he couldn't. And this sent him right back into panic mode. He went back to kicking and violently swimming in a random direction before accidentally running into the main line. Donald grabbed it for dear life and tried to calm down again, but he realized he was on the wrong side of the silted area. Deeper into the cave was silt free and clear, but the way out of the cave, the direction he needed to go was still totally silted out with the exit being like 3000 feet away. He sat there and he started thinking about the maps of the cave he looked at before starting to dive that morning and remembered a split in the cave up ahead. One side went deeper into the cave, but the other side would leave Donald to the exit. 
So he re-entered the silt and started to feel around until he felt a hole that felt familiar to him before swimming into it. And almost immediately, he felt a current. When they entered the cave, he noticed a small current, but the one he was feeling now was completely different, meaning he was going in the wrong direction. Panic set in once again, and he frantically swam back to try to get on the main line. The entire time, the only thing on his mind was when he said goodbye to his wife and baby that morning, and he told them he would be coming home. But he was breathing so heavily, he started worrying about running out of air again, and he checked his watch to see he had about an hour of air left. Donald's biggest fear was drowning, and he knew on his normal air system, once he ran out, that was it. So he decided to fill up his buoyancy device and breathed into it to fill it up completely. He was going to breathe the air in his buoyancy device once his normal air supply ran out, and he figured since it would only be carbon dioxide he'd be breathing in, he would pass out and wouldn't be awake when he drowned. As he floated on the ceiling of the cave, planning to give up, he thought about grabbing his grease and notepad and writing a note to his family saying sorry and how he knew he messed up. But before he wrote that note, he remembered something. He was Donald Cerrone. If the name sounds familiar, it's because he's a UFC fighter. He'd been fighting his entire life. Growing up, he was considered a troubled child. He was born in Denver, Colorado in 1983, and as a teenager, he got into street fights, which frequently ended with him spending the night in jail. At 16, his parents kicked him out because of his behavior, so he went to live with his grandma, who had no problem bailing him out of jail. At 20, he started kickboxing and then got into Mai Tai and eventually started a career in mixed martial arts. From there, he eventually made his way to becoming a popular UFC fighter known as the Cowboy. So the Cowboy, who had literally been fighting his whole entire life, was not going to just give up and die with an hour of air left. And right about at this point, he remembered something. He remembered seeing a crack that ran across the cave ceiling. So he's hyperventilating and crawling on the ceiling until he finds the crack. He refuses to let go. This is the way to land. The crack started to widen the further he crawled, and then finally, off in the distance, he saw a glow. He started making his way to the light, still panicking and still breathing heavily, when his tank got stuck. He started kicking and thrashing, trying to get through the opening. He's right there. Freedom is just on the other side of this opening his tank got stuck in. When finally he got through, he immediately goes to the surface and he looks over and sees Joe sitting there, just cool as a cucumber. Joe got out because he simply grabbed the main line and followed it out of the cave. But they both sat there a minute and Joe said, so we're not diving together anymore, are we? And Donald went, nope, that was it. Before he grabbed his phone and texted his wife saying he had a bit of a scare today, but he was coming home. Now, I did promise a twist, and if you're not a diver, that sounded like a completely plausible story. But if you happen to cave dive or are familiar with what happens when cave diving, quite a few red flags went off that entire time. So when I heard this story, I immediately caught a few things that seemed off, so of course I checked to see if Dive Talk reacted to this, and of course they did. Dive Talk is a YouTube channel with two divers that show their dives and tell their stories of diving, and they also react to other people's dive footage and stories. And they pointed out pretty much everything that went through my mind with this story. And by the end, I think you'll be able to piece together a lot of what's off in this story and maybe learn a lesson or two. So there are a few main fundamentals when cave diving that are the forefront of every diver's mind, and I'll just briefly touch on them. 
The first one is training. You need to have the proper training and certification for every cave you're going to go into. Full stop. There's no if, ands, or buts. The second is to never be off the guideline. You should always be able to see it and grab it. And it should go all the way to the cave entrance or to the surface, depending on the cave location. The third is you should always have enough air to be able to reach from the deepest point of the cave all the way back to the surface. And this includes decompression stops, which are needed when using certain types of air supply and hitting certain depths. Next is making sure you're actually trained to go to the depths that you're trying to reach inside the cave. And lastly, make sure you have extra lights. You're in a cave, it's dark. You only take one light and you lose it or it goes out, then you're blind. Always have backup lights for your backup lights. That being said, I'm sure you just thought about quite a few things that Donald did wrong. But I will give him credit for his air supply. He ended up doing that right. But that's not all. On the fixed lines or guidelines in caves, there are directional arrows on the line. They point to the closest exit and they're able to be felt even in a silt out. So I'm not sure what happened with the directional arrows or if he wasn't experienced enough to be in the cave or what exactly happened there. But he should have been able to just get out like Joe did instead of going deeper in the cave and wandering aimlessly. Just stay on the line. And lastly, Donald said that there's a rule in cave diving where you save yourself and abandon your buddy if you get into trouble. That's not a thing. There's literally training for that situation. It's called lost buddy procedure. You shouldn't risk your life or look for a buddy to the point where it's detrimental to yourself, but you shouldn't just leave them when they get into trouble and say it's every man for themselves. There are procedures to follow if you're not able to help them directly so they can help themselves or follow procedures to make it easier for rescue teams to find them. And actually, this is the last thing. Do not ever give up. If you're cave diving or anything else, if you have time to sit there and plan your demise, you have time to work the problem and try your best to come out on the other side. In cave diving training, they drill that into you. Keep fighting. Don't give up. It's a universal life lesson. Leave what else you think went wrong in the reviews if you're listening on Apple or the Q&A or comments if you're on Spotify or YouTube. Follow and subscribe from wherever you're listening. All sources can be found at occurrencepod.com. Stay safe and see you next week.